Welcome back to the SpudFit podcast, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again for week three. Uh, it's, it's been fun. I'm really uh, happy with how things are going and I'm happy that uh, all the, with all the messages that I've received from people that have been enjoying it. So thank you very, very much. Today, we sit down with Anna Chisholm. Anna's got her own podcast, The Big Impact Podcast, and she is also a health coach and she's uh, into fitness and nutrition and all sorts of things and she's a really interesting person. We talked about it a little bit in the podcast, but I'd like to say again that Anna is uh, actually one of the reasons that I have my own podcast. I really enjoyed talking to her on her podcast last year and uh, that was one of the things that really piqued my interest in podcasting because uh, I like having good conversations with people and I want to be able to do it more often. So thanks, Anna, for that inspiration. This is a cool, uh, cool talk as well, talking about uh, Anna's experience and how she came to be in the life coaching, uh, not life coaching, sorry, in the health coaching position. Well, I guess she is a bit of a life coach anyway. She, uh, she helps with much more than just nutrition. So maybe that was a little bit of a Freudian slip. Uh, so I enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we talked a lot about Anna's journey, as I said, and also I even got some advice from myself and hopefully that's advice that can help uh, all of you people that are listening too. On to the podcast. I hope you enjoy. All right, things are happening. Here we are. We've got Anna Chisholm from the uh, oh, mental blank already. Hang on, I'm going to stop. I've got to get my notes out. <laughs> I'll be back. All right, we're back. I've got my notes this time. <laughs> I've been rushing around like a madman today and uh, there's a lot going on in my life at the moment, but uh, that's no excuse. I'm here with Anna Chisholm uh, of the Big Impact Podcast. And uh, this is special for me because Anna is one of the reasons I now have my own podcast. I don't know if I told Aww, you that. But awesome. Yeah, in... In, uh, in the last year, I've done a few podcasts and yours was the first, Anna. And uh, yeah, yours and uh, Darren McDuffie. Oh, sorry, Darren, I've forgotten the name of your podcast. Um, and obviously, Rich Roll's podcast as well were three podcasts that I really enjoyed doing. And uh, the end of last year, I was thinking, I really enjoyed doing podcasts. I want to do them more often. And yeah, they are. It's such a good yeah. excuse to have conversations with fun people, don't you yeah, think? It's yeah, absolutely. So far, well, you're number three and uh, the other two have been great. And I'm, yeah, with a bit of pressure, you got to, you know. <laughs> oh, no, i got to perform well. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, well, it. yeah. So anyway, thanks for, thanks for joining us, Anna, or joining me. And uh, why don't we start off with, there's probably lots of people listening who don't have any idea who you are. So why sure. don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Who is Anna Chisholm? Oh, <laughs> Anna Chisholm is lots of things. Yeah. Um, I am a plant-based health coach. Um, I am a podcast host of the Big Impact Podcast and it's, yeah, an interview series with other really inspiring mm. people, um, entrepreneurs, fitness people, nutritionists in the plant-based field, yeah. I guess. Um, I'm a mum of two little children, which is cool. And, yeah, I, re I guess the... the crux of my business is the health coaching so I yep. I work with people you know over a long period of time and and coach them I guess in what yep. area area of health that they're struggling with yeah, and help cool. them transition to a plant-based diet all right awesome that's especially interesting for me because that's something that I'm looking to move into now that mm. uh you know now that I've had this big experience that I had last year uh yeah I'm, I'm trying to turn it into a career of sorts and health coaching is certainly one of the things I want to get into so fantastic there you go I think um yeah I think maybe I can learn something from you during this podcast oh I cool. hope so <laughs> it's um it's funny you know I my background I guess was was not in this industry yeah um, my background was as a social worker actually in critical care in hospitals okay. um so I I came what does that from, involve? I don't, yeah, I, I don't oh. know that I've ever heard of that as a job, as ah. a social worker in critical care. I know, okay. obviously I've heard of a social worker, yeah. but I didn't, 
I haven't heard of that in the context of critical care in yeah, hospitals. Industry. So. Um, yeah, industry. So basically I worked in all sections of critical care, so emergency departments, ICU, and I guess the critical part of maternity wards. And, yeah. y- you know, you're working with all grief and loss stuff yeah. mainly, so it's working with sudden death or in maternity it's stillbirth and pregnancy loss and yeah. homelessness and all that stuff. Intensive care it's all about facilitating family conferences and um, getting teams together to work out a discharge plan for that person or a treatment plan I guess but but it's all the emotional side of thing obviously there's a social worker so I've kind of got that counseling background um, and then my love and passion for plant-based nutrition and tied those things together yeah and it was funny, I was talking to um, some friends this morning at breakfast and we were talking about health coaching and, and coaching in general and people transitioning to whatever that might be with their health and how important that emotional side of things is. Absolutely. And how For me personally, that's what it's all about. Like, yeah. You know, it doesn't take much to learn what a healthy diet is. Yes. Like, you know, it's pretty simple. Eat whole plant yeah. foods and you're good to go. But yeah, yeah what gets in the way of people doing Mm. that that's that's the important bit and that's the emotional side of things isn't it and that's what you know i i love seeing people and helping people with the practical side of of transitioning to a plant-based but i think it's the emotional side that really lights me up and energizes me and is really meaningful yeah cool me Me too yeah yeah definitely oh that's cool so you were yeah i didn't i didn't know that about you about your social working Mm. uh history so was it just in critical care in hospitals or because i've uh, my past is in um in teaching and a big part of my teaching career was working with kids that have had trouble basically i've worked with kids that have been kicked out of every school they've been to kids that have been in and out of jail things like that so not i wasn't a social worker but but i probably yeah in that role i probably you know the the lines are blurred between social worker and teacher so um yeah that's uh yeah an area of interest for me too Yeah, yeah 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 So anyway, interesting. Um, so moving on then, I guess you weren't always eating a plant-based diet. No. So, so can we talk about that evolution? So sure, sure. What were you eating before and how did that change come about? Yeah, so I grew up eating the standard Australian diet of Vegemite on toast for yeah. breakfast, <laughs> probably Vegemite and cheese sandwiches for lunch, yeah. an apple for a snack and an Uncle Toby. Uncle Toby's muesli bar, because that was considered healthy. Uncle Toby's muesli bar. Oh, <laughs> yes, specifically. Yeah. Chopped cheer for, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, apricot, whatever. I was a fan of them too. <laughs> <laughs> crunchy or chewy? Which did you prefer? Oh, depend on the day. I was more of a crunchy yeah, guy. Yeah, I was more of yeah, a crunchy person but, too. But yeah, the chewy from time to time, but more of a crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Only Australians yeah. will know what we're talking about. Um And then dinner was, you know, chops and veggies or stir fry or whatever. So, I mean, in terms of my family, we were considered pretty healthy. Like my mum thought we were pretty health conscious. There was Weight Watchers, freezer dinners in the, you know, for those days. We never had chips or lollies or chocolate or anything like that. Um, But still, it's a good start, right? Um, Anyway, so then fast forward teenage years, I ate rubbish and whatever. And actually, I would say had some form of an eating disorder um, when I was probably maybe year 10, which was a really hard period for a lot of kids. You know, that's 15-year-old, especially females, I find it's a really tough period working out your friendships and where you belong yeah, yeah. and yeah i know that being a teacher that's that's yes. it's, it's a time of turmoil oh for it's many been a horrific yeah. time in any yeah. any person's life um and i mean in many ways that sort of year nine sometimes year 10 that sort of is a wasted year in education just as a mm, as a side that's point interesting. It's, a, it's um for, for a lot of kids it's just there's so much else happening all yeah. the turmoil that you were talking about and the drama and <laughs> and um kids trying to figure out their place in the world yeah. sort of thing and it, uh, for a lot of kids that's a wasted year in education really there's, there's not a lot that gets done but yeah um but yeah anyway back to you <laughs> no that, i really yeah, yeah that's cool to hear from the other side yeah, of yeah. that um so anyway struggle with that i guess you know, growing up, I had a sister who was always a size six and I was always a size 12. So yeah. I think, you know, when that... that Size 12 is not big though. No, That's no, no. Big. I was never like this hugely overweight child. Yeah. 
but I think maybe you know, just big enough to have some to body have some image issues. concerns Absolutely. when your people are comparing you with your sister. And, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a, a big influence for me is I was in a pretty horrific car crash when I was All right. 11. Um, and my dad was killed and I had like severe head injuries and hospitalized for ages. Shit, so that's, I didn't know that until right now either. So yeah. That's, that's hardcore. So yeah. that was, you know, again, at those like really important teenage years, I was struggling with grief and loss in a big yeah, way. Yeah. And I think for me and for my mom, and I, if she's listening, I hope she's fine with me saying this. Yeah. I think for both of us, controlling what we ate was the only thing we could control in a really out of control time. Yeah, um, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. yeah, so I think there was a lot of that going on. So it was just a complex time in my life. Yeah. But, but thankfully, I had some really supportive women and, you know, I had some counselling and I kind of got over that hump, which was amazing. Yeah. Changed friendship groups in high school to a really positive group of girls. and Good move. Yes. Hard move to make <laughs> Hard for move many to make. kids. Yeah. yeah, lots of backlash from the other group, you know, yeah, like yeah, all that yeah. drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, but got past it and then, you know, anyway, we're talking about food. I don't know how I got into this. No, it's all, it's all relevant. Yeah, it's all right. Relevant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so body image, yeah, eating disorder kind of then went on. Well, ate some rubbish. Describe your eating disorder a bit more then. Like, does that, yeah, it's is interesting. That like I, eating too little or too much? Too or, little. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never really talked about it in a big way. It was never okay, diagnosed. No, 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 it's it. yeah. totally fine. Yeah, okay, like, I'm so, open yeah. about it. But yeah. it's not like it was ever a diagnosed thing or whatever. It was yeah. just I was probably starving myself, yeah. you know. Not in an anorexic, like, not to that extreme. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, probably not eating enough. Yeah. Um, but got past that, again, went on. There are probably so many people in that position, I would imagine, oh, that just absolutely. people trying to restrict all the time. You I know, think there's so. so much societal pressure on, yeah. as everyone knows, everyone knows about that, that yeah. Yeah, people are trying to be skinny and yeah. a lot of people try to, to do it in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Probably because they don't know any you other way. You don't know any yeah. other way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So fast forward to. Um, ben and I are together and we live over in London for a few years. Oh, nice. And he's just told this story on my podcast, but basically oh, yeah. he, long story short, he was thinking about going vegan anyway, but and never told me. And yeah. then he went over to um, Scandinavia and ended up <coughs> eating whale and that just oh, right. shocked him and like traumatized him basically. How, how did that? happen like okay, was that a so conscious the, choice or, yeah, yeah it was it okay. really was so yeah. the story briefly goes that he had been thinking for a couple of years about veganism but yeah. thought it wasn't for him but was interested in it and whatever yeah. and then he thought well started thinking about speciesism i guess yeah. and you know if i'm okay e eating this animal why aren't i okay eating this animal so yeah okay took that to the extreme and said well i'm going to be okay eating all the animals then yeah so then someone challenged him when he was in Scandinavia to eat whale and he yeah. was like he didn't want to do it but he was like if I'm going to eat animals I'm going to eat all the animals yeah well it's it's it, right? uh, yeah that was it makes his logic. total sense yeah, yeah he's yeah. a very logical guy yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's that makes sense it yeah. doesn't make sense yeah. if you're going to yeah if you're going to if you're not going to do that then you're discriminating yes, so yeah absolutely yeah. So he did that, it, yeah, had a really profound effect on him. So he's like, right, I'm not eating any animals. Yeah. So he made that decision really clearly for himself, yeah. came back to London, went, I'm going vegan and I freaked <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I'm not, you can do what you like, yeah, yeah. you know, like anyone when you introduce a, a foreign concept yeah, to them. Especially if he'd been thinking about it for himself and right? not sharing his thoughts on it with you, then it's like, for him, it's something that is worked up to over a period of time and for you it's just sprung on yes, you it's like exactly i was lucky when me and my wife went vegan um we sort of did it together okay and, yeah we we did the research together and yeah cool yeah, we, we came to it at the same time and did it together so that yeah. was probably an easier way to do yeah it, yeah yeah this is a, a different experience <laughs> oh <laughs> totally yeah. um so then Anyway, he wasn't working or something at the time between jobs. So he was doing all the cooking. Yep. So I just ended up eating what he was eating. Yeah, okay. Um, so I went vegetarian first. And then um, I actually went, oh, Ben dragged me along <laughs> to this week called Vegan Fitness Week. Have you heard of veganfitness.net? No, oh, I it's haven't. It's like this awesome forum. Yeah. And it's with all vegan athletes. Yeah, okay. And they, you can ask any questions and yeah. they do like strength tables, you know, comparing like challenges oh, right. and whatever. Okay. So Ben was really into that. That sounds cool. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like something I could get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. 
Um, but they put on these weeks in Europe and you can go for a week and eat all vegan food and do yeah. all different sports and yeah, martial right. arts and yoga and whatever. So we did that and I just had some really cool conversations there with people and they challenged me on all the things yeah. that I was like, what about cheese? And all the standard you yeah, know, yeah. questions that people ask. Yeah, yeah. anyone who is, is vegan has asked those questions yeah. themselves. <laughs> And more than likely answered the questions yeah. as well after yeah. you've done the change. And you're passing that on, right? And they're all, it's easy to understand yeah. too because, you know, they're all, all these things that we're brought up with. It's ingrained mm. in us of, uh, you know, what we need to eat to get certain nutrients. And yep. then suddenly it's, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, understandable. Yeah. Sure. So I kind of worked through those questions. And by the end of the week, I committed to going vegan 100%. Cool. I was just so compelled by them and... For me, it was always about having that supportive community around yeah. and we were away from our family, which was actually probably a good thing because we didn't get the judgment or the questions or whatever. We could kind of figure this out. Yeah, we had a similar situation. We we were living in Perth for okay. six months and we didn't really know anyone there. Awesome. And, <laughs> and basically, we went vegan. Uh but we, our last non-vegan meal was on the plane to Perth. Oh, no yeah. way. And then we didn't know anyone there, so we wouldn't have to explain oh, it. Yeah. And then we sort of re-entered civilization. Yeah. And we were, we'd, we'd been vegan. It was yeah. easy then. You know? Exactly. There was no pressure. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good way to do it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. vegan fitness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So, did that, was compelled, fine, came back 100% plant-based. So... Then we did that in London and then came back to Australia. Our parents are actually pretty cool with it, yep. lots of support. Um, and then, yeah, I had two really healthy vegan pregnancies. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and now That's I've got something that a lot of people question about. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't do it when you're, when you're pregnant or breastfeeding or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, my, my wife was the same, really yep. healthy and didn't gain a lot of weight and lot, yeah. you know, went back to her normal weight pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah, and yeah. My, my boy's huge. He's three years old and he's massive. So. Is he? Yeah, I've got a huge yeah. two and a half yeah. year old too. People look at him all the time and when they find out he's vegan, they're like, what? Yeah. Like they have this idea of weedy children and yeah. Hamish is like this stocky like, yeah. little dude, you know? Yeah, Teddy's the same. Is he's he? a little beast. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's bigger than, he's, you know, he's getting towards three and a half and he's yeah. as big as a lot of five-year-olds. Yeah. So it's crazy, yeah. So yeah, yeah no, no protein issues there. He's not uh, a poor, deprived little vegan boy. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the story. And like we, obviously that, you know, our diet has evolved a lot over the eight years. You yeah, know, that's what I was going to ask about next. That, okay. Uh, yeah, obviously I did a little bit of research before I yeah. came and I saw that, you know, a bit like me that you were, you could have been classed as a junk food Absolutely. vegan. So. Uh, yeah, what is that to you? What's it? Probably a lot of people would think junk food vegan. What? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Don't you only eat lettuce? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what's a junk food vegan then? Yeah. I mean, I guess to me, I wasn't the, the extreme junk food vegan. Like I still yeah. was a pretty healthy. I've always been interested in sport and, yeah. you know, like to stay pretty trim and whatever. Yeah. So it's not like I was eating chocolate and chips or whatever, but I was eating processed plant-based meals you know yeah. so veggie sausages and yeah. veggie burgers and and a lot a bit of, of bacon that. here and there uh, oh totally <laughs> and especially at christmas time when yeah. we're trying to accommodate for everyone yeah, yeah. You know. Tofurky, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and you know it's interesting like and it was it was kind of cool to hear the different takes on this last night at the events event that we were at together on the plant-based yeah. nutrition and people come out from different angles and for us like especially having little kids like there's still some of that in my diet honestly yeah. you know like if the kids yeah, yeah. are having veggie sausages on the barbecue i'll do that too yeah, you yeah. know so i'm not strict whole food plant-based all of the time yeah 99 probably 98 percent is whole foods yeah um but it's important to me to be a bit lax with it as well like yeah fair enough yeah i yeah like Personally, I don't think. Well, maybe at some point I could do that, but right now I've I feel like I've still got to be a hundred percent whole foods, totally healthy. But you know, I've coming from a different, very different background to yeah. you as far as my relationship with food goes. So for me, I've just got to accept that that's the position I'm in. But yeah. you know, if it works for you to do, you know, a, a veggie snag or a bit of faking yeah. now and then, then that's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, there's more than one way to do this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And yeah. it's interesting, you know, because a lot of my clients transitioned to a plant-based diet kind of through the coaching with me. And 
they often we start with some things by replacing them with plant-based versions yeah. of it so they'll have veggie sausages and veggie yep. burgers and whatever i think my coaching clients get the benefits of me teaching them about whole foods from the get-go whereas yeah. i didn't have anyone teaching me that so yeah, i think yeah. that's really important to give them all the options and let them choose yeah, what yeah. works for them and if that's what you need to do to transition then like yeah. when i when i went uh when i went vegan i ate a lot of that stuff mm. and uh, and that helped me to to stay away from animal foods it yes. didn't necessarily help me to get healthier yeah but uh but you know if it's a stepping stone then yeah you know, that's okay i reckon yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's all different uh different ways of doing things work for different people and yeah, yeah i'm not not here to judge and say yeah. everyone should only eat potatoes or whatever yeah. you know, it's just <laughs> we did try for a couple of days actually well oh, yeah? ben did better than i did i think he did like five days or something yeah I probably did like one day yeah, and yeah. I don't know, honestly, you must get this all the time. I don't yeah. know how you did it. <laughs> well, you you know, you're, you're coming, you guys are both already at a healthy weight and yeah. you know, happy with the, the way your relationship with food was yeah. operating. So you didn't have the same motivation that's that I true. did, you know, and I think that's a big part of it. A lot of people have had the same thing and that's my answer that, you know, for me, that was the most important thing I'd ever done Yes, because... You know, I felt like that was my last chance at life, yeah, basically. So, right. you know, you're just doing it for an interesting challenge. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, this is life or death. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you make a really good yeah, point. So, so it's a different sort of motivation level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Why not cool. maybe, you know, it's just we're coming at it from different angles. Yeah. And, you know, my wife was, she's a healthy weight too and, and no, no food issues as well. And she had a similar experience to you. She was like, she did it for a week and then... Yeah. Like, oh, I don't really know why I'm doing this. Yeah. No, that's fair enough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah cool. so, so you you trans uh, you sort of transition from yes. junk food Sorry. to a more whole food yeah, sort of thing, and um, yeah, I also also read on your website that you had a couple of health issues along the way. Yeah, that, uh, that probably had some sort of influence on your journey towards becoming Absolutely. a health coach. So yeah, yeah, it did. Um. One in particular that stands out for me is issues with my gut. Yeah. Um, so after the birth of my son, um, so my kids were both cesarean. My first daughter. Both of them. Yeah. Right. So my daughter okay. was breached, so I didn't have a choice there. Yeah. yeah. And then my son, we tried for, you know, natural birth, but yeah. then all the fluid went out. Yeah. And, you know, long story, but whatever, couldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, so I had yeah. another cesarean. And life, then, life doesn't always work the way you want it to. I know, you know? never does, especially with pregnancy and <laughs> yeah, birth, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like throw out probably your a birth lot of plan. people that would judge you for, you know, you should, oh. you know, whatever. Yeah, don't care. Up. Got a healthy baby out of it, <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. good. Um, but like six weeks after that, I was rushed to emergency with an appendix. It was about to burst. Right. So I had a newborn and appendicitis and was in hospital for yeah, four days Yeah, life's already hard enough with oh. a newborn. To and a toddler, happen. so yeah, that was gee. horrendous. Yeah. Um, but what that left me with, having two Caesars and then another abdominal surgery, was a heck of a lot of antibiotics. Yeah, right. Um, which just wreaked havoc on my gut. Yeah. So I was left with chronic IBS for probably six months, which, again, when you've got two kids, is devastating. Like, it's yeah. just horrendous anyone who suffered with IBS yeah as if having like, a newborn baby in a toddler uh, is not enough to worry about i've only yeah. got one and that and he's three and yeah that's that's hard enough yeah but, it was uh, pretty yeah. tough um so i needed to like take action and find a solution so i actually seeked out robin shooter who's like a oh cool really I've well spoken known to her a little bit i'd like to if you're listening robin yes but she's a beautiful um naturopath who specializes yeah. in plant-based nutrition yeah um so i worked with her over a few months which is amazing yeah, and cool. she helped me heal my gut which was really cool with different probiotics and playing around with different plant foods and yeah she helped me. What sort of plant foods would you focus on for healing yeah, the gut then? Well, what, what would that have been? The thing that I didn't have enough of in my gut, in my diet was lentils and beans. Okay. So that insoluble sort of fiber that yeah. helps kind of yeah. form your stools and, you know, yeah, gives yeah. you that good gut bacteria, I guess. Um, so we worked on changing my diet to fit a lot more of those foods yep. into it. And, you know, you can imagine when you've, 
got two kids as well, all your food is like quick food, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was eating like toast and, you know, it was still a plant-based diet, but it was just that snack food yeah. all the time. But working with her, we just developed my more, yeah, whole food, like nourishing bowls and, yeah. you know, like focused a lot more on that. Things that are still reasonably quick to make too, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, you know, those um, people talk about smoothie bowls a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it's how easy is that? Make a quick smoothie and yeah. mix it with oats or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. If you got a, if, especially I've got a pressure cooker now. Oh, you have how one good of them? are they? Oh, we just yeah. swear by it. So quick to just, you can make, just chuck some beans in, some rice, yeah. a few different veggies, press go. And, I know. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. I know. Yeah. So good. Yeah, there's so much you can do to make this work and make it easy, even when you're as busy as you are. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. The other thing Robin did, which most people might not know about her, but she yeah. is... Uh, I don't know what you call them, specializes in a a technique called emotional freedom technique. Have you heard of that? I've heard of that. I've read a little bit about it. So otherwise known as tapping, like a lot of people know it as that. So we worked a lot using that, um, which was really healing for me because as a mom, I don't know if this is just as a mom, but for my experience as a mother, there was a lot of emotion that came up around that. And yeah. I have an interesting relationship with my daughter who's four and a half in that we're very similar personalities and we yeah. feed off each other emotionally quite a lot. Yeah, I think my wife would relate to that really? with Teddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're very similar and they okay. um, yeah, they wind each other up. Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's re- it can be really draining. And what, what Robin tapped into, excuse the pun, but yeah. what she kind of got out of me is that there was a lot of emotion built up in me that I was kind of holding in my yeah. gut as well. Um, so we did this these tapping things where you tap on certain pressure points yeah. and release this emotion basically. Um, and that was really healing That's for really me. That's really interesting because, yeah, mm. like I said, I have read a little bit about it. I wouldn't call myself an expert on it by any stretch, but yeah. I have read a little bit about that. But I've never actually spoken to anyone who's done it. Ah, so, cool. Yeah. It was that, really powerful. Yeah. And I... I wasn't expecting it, you know, from, I guess, as a naturopath, I was thinking about, especially Robin, I was thinking about nutrition and maybe probiotics and some herbs or whatever. But when she started doing that, that's when I really yeah. started to see results. So, And was did that, obviously, it helps you emotionally, but do you think that helped your gut as well? That? 100%. Really? 100%. Wow. Yeah. I that's just, amazing. I was just... The, only, the graphic that comes to mind is like I was holding all this stuff in my gut yeah. and I wasn't like able to release it properly. So it was coming out in IBS symptoms, yeah. just like, I don't know, like my body couldn't process everything. So it was yeah. obviously the nutrition and the probiotics coupled with this. Like it wasn't just the, the tapping by itself, but it just felt like this release. Yeah. And I Very, just, a nice you know, holistic approach. It to, really to was. Yeah. yeah. So, right. yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's an interesting, really interesting story to me. Something I didn't know about Robin as well. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll have to, again, Robin, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Be <laughs> <He> warned. <Yeah. laughs> um, all right. So, working with Robin was obviously helped you with your gut and helped yeah. you with your emotional yeah. issues as well. But yeah. it also inspired you to. Yeah, to, to head down that I way yourself. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, was there anything particular about her as a person that made you think I want to do more work like her, or was it? No, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, she's amazing at what she does. Um, I was already thinking. So I was on maternity leave with my son, and yeah. before I went on maternity leave, I literally remember the day sitting at my desk in my social work office, and I was yeah. like. And this sounds really bad and I don't mean it in any disrespect to social workers who are still out there because they are amazing. And if you love your job, keep doing it. But I was sitting there and I just kept thinking to myself, there has got to be more for me. Like I, it was a mix of burnout and also I needed to do something bigger than working. This sounds funny because I am at the moment working one-on-one with people, but I needed to do something bigger than just keep working one-on-one with these people and about like i can relate to that with teaching as well and i I sort of you know i've I've been a teacher for 15 years and i'm trying to do something else now but uh yeah the way i was thinking about is like once you've been doing a job for a certain amount of time 
you get to the stage where there's not really anything that's going to pop up that's new. Yes, absolutely. You know, every situation that comes, you've dealt with that before in one way or another and you know how to handle it. And it's yeah. like, where's the next challenge going to come from? How am I going to continue to grow as a person yeah. doing this job? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with the job or that there's you know anything particularly that you need to get away from it or anything like that it's just like if i want to continue to develop as a person i'm gonna have to find a way to get out of the comfort zone totally Um, and for me you know that showed up in really strange ways in that i'd go to these critical care you know emergencies with a sudden death and this family member who's absolutely distraught and i would not feel anything Mm. i would just be numb to it and you know for some people they're like well that's good you know you need to be strong for the family and i thought the total opposite i was like if this isn't if if this is not making me cry there is something wrong with me because i'm just numb i'm not i'm still offering them a good service but it's not meaningful to me anymore And I don't want to continue doing yeah. this if it's not meaningful to me. Yeah, yeah, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I, so sorry, going back to your question, yeah. I was, I was already thinking before I went on maternity leave that I need to do something different. So, I, I had the year off on maternity yeah. leave, and I knew really that I was wasn't going to go back. I'm a bit cheeky. Yeah. Got the maternity <laughs> leave. I mean, I'd worked for ten years to earn a maternity leave, yeah, so yeah. it was fine. Um, but while I was on maternity leave, in fact, when Hamish was four weeks old I started studying health coaching because I knew I wanted to do something else but I didn't know what it was just when I thought your life couldn't have been any more busy (laughs) I was retraining and something else but it was perfect for me because it was all online I could listen to lectures while I was breastfeeding you know it was super like convenient that way um and then yeah I I kind of I did the course thinking maybe I'll do something with it, but maybe it's just for interest and to yeah. stimulate my brain, you know, while I'm changing nappies and yeah, doing well, all the do mundane need stuff. Like, yeah, when I, I haven't been done maternity leave myself, but I know from experience with my mm. wife that, yeah, you do need some sort of stimulation. Oh, yeah. like it's, it's all great being at home with your newborn <laughs> baby and, you know, trying to, you know, be a good mum and all that, but yeah. you still got to be an adult as Absolutely. well. You know? So it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. To, if nothing else, you had something to do with your brain. Totally, right. <laughs> totally. So yeah, retrained as that, and then yeah, resigned the day my maternity leave finished, and and I'd already started seeing clients by that stage, okay, and cool. so I'd already started building up this business, and then it's just yeah, kind of grown from there. Nice, and then you moved on to make a podcast I as well. Did, and, yeah, I did. I did. So I read a really cool um, uh, blog post on your on your website that I oh. liked, and it was about finding the work you love, mm. and uh, and obviously that's something that you've been through, and that's something that I'm currently going through. So uh, yeah, I wondered if you could just tell us your thoughts about finding work you love. I, I like the th- I don't know if you can remember it. Maybe oh it's God, too it was ago, so long but ago. But I can remind me. You, I can yeah. remind you. There was at the end of it. There was three points, powerful questions. They were about how to uh, how to find the work you love three questions you should ask yourself do you remember what they were no, okay the first one was what's good for the world oh yeah, yeah? okay yeah so tell us about when yeah. you asked yourself that question yeah. what how, yeah. what was the thought process that yeah you went through, that's do you think? yeah i guess when you change to a plant based diet well for me and for lots of other people that i've spoken to the food is the first thing but so much more comes from that So you just, it opens your eyes to this new truth about the world and that everything you've believed about Mm. nutrition has just been blown to pieces, basically. And you rebuild your truth. And so for me, it started with the food and then it just went everywhere else. So then, you know, I started to think about, you know, animal rights and animal cruelty and all that stuff i started to think about the environment more and climate change and i started to think about social justice and people not having enough food and how we can combat that and so when i i guess decided to become a health coach it was and finding work that i loved it was yeah about what is good for the world and i needed to spread this message about plant-based nutrition because that is what i believe is going to save this world yeah it's uh i I agree it's uh 
changing the what you eat is uh, it's a small act that has big ramifications. Mm. You get a lot. You get a lot of bang for your buck. With, yeah. With uh, absolutely. Yeah. So and it's such a simple thing to do too. Yeah. Just even if it's as simple as swapping a, a cow steak for a soy steak. Yeah. You know they're almost the same eating experience. Yeah. But you know such big ramifications absolutely for, for your health and obviously animal rights and the environment yeah oh cool i can relate to that so the second question to ask yourself according to <laughs> when you when you're uh, when you're it's looking all to, coming back yeah, yeah. when you're looking to find work you love the second question was what do i enjoy mm. so yeah how did that thought process go for you so I, con- I contradict myself a bit when I was saying the one-on-one thing with social work, I wanted to leave that. But then working, I knew I was good at working one-on-one with people, right? Yeah. That's my strength is to find that connection really with yeah. the one-on-one. Um, yeah. So I wanted to work to that strength and yeah. I knew health coaching individuals was going to play to that strength. Yeah. How that has evolved is that now and why I started the podcast was yeah. that the flip side is that is that it's quite isolating building a business coaching one-on-one yeah. from your home because you're actually not speaking to anyone else except those couple of clients yeah. a day and those couple of clients although they're other adults it's not in the peer same level sort of relationship it's the coaching client relationship you know yeah. so you're still not getting that well, for me, I still wasn't getting that same stimulation that yeah, I needed yeah. and that team yeah. environment and all yeah. those things. So <laughs> over time, I'm kind of moving away from that, except for yeah. a few coaching clients. Yeah, I built the podcast to speak to more people and yeah. I'm moving in partnership with other people to collaborate and get that cool. fulfillment in myself yeah. again. And and it, but it took me to work through that process to now work out what is good for me, you yeah, know. So yeah. what was good for me 18 months ago when I started the coaching business is very different to now. Yeah, I guess this is, could be just, you could take these three questions. I just like the questions as yeah. I want to go through them. But you could just sit down and have a think about these three questions every few months if totally. you wanted to. And maybe, you know, that's a good way to help you evolve in, in your business and Absolutely. in your life in general. That's a, yeah. yeah, I can imagine sitting down with my wife or just on my own and going through them Mm. every now and then. And you've sort of already answered the third question. The third question is what am I good at? Yeah. So yeah, we've been through that. So we don't don't really need to do that, but it is an important one to think about because if you want to find work you love, if you want to actually be successful at it, you've probably got to do something that you're good at or at least something that you can be good at fairly soon. Yeah. One other point on that, someone made me, um, Someone challenged me to the question when I was trying to figure out a few months ago how I want my business model to look because I'd been, you know, wanting to change from the just one-on-one coaching. And someone said to me, "As a, when you were at your prime as a social worker, mm. what were you the best at? What was your, like, flow state? What was your zone yeah, of okay. genius? And yeah. I took a while and I said it was facilitating family conferences. So yeah, I would okay. get... 10 people in a room, be doctors, physios, OTs, family members, the patient, all together in the room and facilitate this conference where everybody got to be heard, everybody's point of view was taken into account and we'd come up with a plan from then. And that was when I was in my zone of genius. So I've, I guess, taken that on in a big way and thought, how can I I do that now? How can I get a team of people collaborate on the same level where everyone's equal partnership and move that forward so maybe a a stepping point in that question that last question is to find what your flow state is your zone of genius and kind of develop it from that yeah that's a really interesting point and it it makes me think about another thing that i haven't really thought much about but um, you know, good nutrition, good health is so, it's sort of teamwork anyway amongst mm. a family. If, it was, if you're living in a house full of people and you're all, you know, you eat together. And yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you could see yourself evolving towards working with families in one group? Or, or yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kind of do in a way already. Yeah. Like I start with the mum usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. They're usually the one that's in charge of the food. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're actually usually the one that wants to make the change first. Well, that's been my experience. Or they're yeah, the yeah. clients that I see. Yeah. Um, but from them, we they obviously, you know, because we're working over such a long period of time, they 
come to my sessions bringing a whole host of new challenges or yeah. what's been going on that fortnight within the family. So yeah. we might talk one session all about children's nutrition and yeah. how do I start introducing more veggies to my kids? How do I swap out cheese yeah. for something else as a snack? So we'll do that one session. Then another session, I might actually go to their house and do a pantry makeover with them and okay. their husband. Or cool. you know, So I will do practical stuff like that. Yeah. Or... Their husband might go. Their husband might be particularly interested in gut health, or yeah. have started buying kombucha from the local markets, yeah. and they come to me, and I'll teach them on how to make their own kombucha, okay. and we'll talk all around gut health. Then, so I've got into kombucha a little oh, bit lately. So good. So, yeah. Are you making your own? You know, it's, no, I'm not making my okay. own. Uh, maybe that's something to look oh, at. Oh, send you a scoby in the <laughs> mail and get you started. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. It's weird, <laughs> though, you know, because I, I first heard of kombucha a few years ago, and I thought I'll give it a try, and I can't remember where I got it but I had this kombucha and it was horrible oh just, yeah that's some it was crap disgusting one. <laughs> so I didn't uh, that was the last kombucha okay. I thought I'd ever have and then like a few months ago someone offered me a kombucha in a cafe yeah and I said would you like a kombucha as well said, no I don't want it thanks. <laughs> and and she was she's a really lovely lady I'm still friends with her now oh, since, cool. since meeting her that day she said, come on, have one, you'll like it. I said, no, it's kombucha's terrible stuff, leave me alone. And she goes, you can have it for free. Just go and, oh, okay, I'll give it a try. If it's free, I'll taste it. And it, yeah. was, it was good. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Jenny, you got me hooked again. <laughs> so oh, most awesome. days I have a, one that, oh, probably, no, not most days, maybe every second day I might have a kombucha. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that's uh, something to explore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So... Next thing I wanted to talk about was what do you think stopping people getting healthy? Like you're, you know, you've got more experience with this than me mm. from, you know, you've talked to a lot more people than I have about people that want to get healthy and mm. what's, the, what's the big roadblock? There are so many unhealthy people. Is there, is there one thing that you can narrow it down to or is it too big for that? It comes down to, it's, as you say, it's not a lack of information or education because it's all out there available for us to see. Actually, in saying that, one point, and they brought this up last night, is there's so much noise out there this mm. and purposeful noise to try and confuse us about yeah. nutrition. So people are really confused is one thing. Yeah. They don't I read know. about that actually. It's a similar tactic that... Uh, when you know when there was the confusion about cigarettes mm. you know are cigarettes healthy or not all these you know decades ago that uh one of the strategies of the cigarette companies was to we don't have to prove that they're healthy we just have to make sure people are confused yeah. enough that they don't want to make a decision to yes, stop because they're absolutely. not sure so yeah so that's yeah. happening for sure the second thing is and this is it's a an umbrella topic but it's Every, and everyone's totally different within it, is that whatever pain that person's experiencing in some other area of their life is stopping them from mm. getting on, you know, the health yeah. train or whatever. So, you know, I was saying to friends this morning is sometimes I'll work with a client for six months without yeah. even really focusing on nutrition. Yeah. We need to get through all the emotion. I mean, yeah. obviously nutrition comes into it. We need to sift through all the emotional yeah. stuff first. And that's why I guess a lot of people will re-sign with me after six yeah. months <laughs> because there's so much more to get through after yeah. we've got rid of all that or worked through it and unpacked it, I guess, yeah. because they're not ready to hear the nutrition stuff at the beginning. Yeah. They, there's so much in the way of that, whether that's, you know, been a trauma or loneliness or emotional eating, you know, or th whatever it might be for them, um, you need to work through that yeah. stuff. That is just as important as Absolutely. giving them the information about the food. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's, uh, you know, obviously it's understandable that people focus on potatoes with me, but really for me, the potatoes were a vehicle that allowed me to take a step back and have a break from food mm. and from thinking about food and allowed me to do the internal work that needed to be mm. done. So, yeah, I'm right with you on that. It's, yeah. a, it's definitely an emotional issue as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, everyone knows ice cream is no good for them. Yeah. But why do they continue eating it when they know that it's hurting them? And it's an and emotional the, issue. Exactly. Yeah. And with the emotional stuff... Sometimes people have squashed that down so much they don't even mm. know it's an issue. Yeah. They don't even know there's emotion under there. They're just like, yep. oh, I have no willpower. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. bull. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> it's not, not about willpower, true. folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. let's get beyond that yeah, because, yeah. 
it's not about that. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, cool. All right, last we'll wrap it up in a few minutes. But I want to. I was interested. Uh, like I said, I, I, you don't. There's more than one way to do this, right? And mm. you don't have to go and eat only potatoes like I have. You there is more <laughs> one more ways to do it that work. This is just what worked for me. But having said that, if I turned up at your office, mm-hmm. you know, a bit over a year ago. 50 kilos heavier than I am now, yeah. depressed, um, at the end of my tether, not sure what to do. What what would a couple of things, mm. what would you have said just to, uh, you know, get the ball rolling? Yeah. What, what so I focus on five areas in my coaching. We talk about nutrition, exercise, relationships, career, and spirituality. Yep. So the first thing I do with patients basically is do like a circle of life yep. and find out where the imbalances are in your life. And that pre- gives us a pretty good idea of what those emotional issues are going to be, yep. right? If you're okay. scoring one out of 10 on the relationships in your circle of life, yep. Yep. then we're going to be focusing on that first. Yep. And then we'll look at what your goals are, your short-term and long-term yep. goals. Um, and then we'll start from there about what's important to you. So it's really individualized. We'll work yep. through the emotional stuff. Um and we'll also look at transitioning to a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. And for some people that at the beginning, that's going to look like changing overnight. If they've come yeah. to me and they're, you know, obese and high blood pressure and, you know, at risk of a cardiac event, yeah. then we're going to talk about how we can change that drastically. This is, yeah, this has to happen now. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. for most of my clients who come to me just wanting to get healthy, whatever yeah. that means to them and lose a bit of weight, then the first couple of sessions might be we try meat-free Mondays, you know, and then a fortnight later we'll see how that goes or whatever. So it kind of goes on from there. And we'll also look at the fitness alongside of that from the get-go Yeah. because I think the emotional stuff gets processed, and you might have experienced this, a little bit easier if you start moving your body too. Absolutely. So we'll start to... A lot of the best thoughts I had in the last year came while I was out training. Yeah. And if, I don't know if people watch my YouTube channel, they they probably would have seen a lot of my videos were made while I was training. And that was because I would be out exercising and your mind just works so well while while you're moving. It's like we're, you know, we're born to move. That's what we've evolved to be good at moving. Yeah. Like every animal. And, you know, my mind seems to work so much better while I'm moving. So I'd be out training and have all these ideas of things that I want to talk about and I've just got to stop. Yeah, cool. Do it, make a video and then, <laughs> then finish my training session. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. Yeah, I so, can, yeah, I get them moving from the get-go. And, yeah. you know, for a lot of people, they we come up with a lot of resistance straight away about yeah. exercise. You know, people who have been sedentary or a lot of mums don't feel they have the time for that so it's working out priorities and getting the husband on board to look after the kid and you know there's like practical issues that come up um but that's basically how it works and we work through transitioning you know hopefully to 100% plant-based diet to exercising three times a week and to have worked through a lot of their emotional stuff so baby steps (laughs) yeah And, and it's a really holistic sort of approach yeah yeah Yeah. i just i think that's really important to understand that you know we we need to focus on now everyone just wants to be skinny or (laughs) healthy or whatever like it's good to be skinny but let's get everything right you know if if you're if you're obese or overweight or whatever it's not just because of what you eat it's because of you got to fix you know there are other problems in your life that influence why you make the decisions you make yeah so, you and know. there's, you know, just quickly as a, a kind of end point on that, I'll have, you know, women who will go through six months with me, get to the end of six months and we'll look back to their weight loss goals from the beginning mm. and we may, might not have even gone, you know, we might not have even reached their goal because they have this unrealistic weight loss goal that Michelle Bridges has told them they can mm. achieve in 12 <laughs> weeks without yeah. dealing with any of the emotional stuff. Yeah. And they're like, and I say to them, how do you feel about not reaching their goal? And they're like, I do not care. I'm happy for the yeah. first time in six months. And I'm Absolutely. like, well, That's where it's I've at. done my job. You yeah. know, the weight loss will come now that you're, you know, you can start to exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah. Get the process right. Get the behaviors right. The, yeah. You know, get the emotional side of things right. And the scales will take care of themselves. Yeah. 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 I read a cool quote. I wish I could remember who said it, but it was only a few days ago. And it was, uh, if, if hunger is not the problem, then food is not the solution. Mm. Um, and I think that is, uh, is yeah, a, I really like a that. really good one. Yeah, it's really valuable to keep that in your head. Mm. 
Well, we might awesome. wrap it up now. We did it. Yeah, it's all it's all done. And um, thanks for joining me on the SpudFit podcast. It's really good to have you here. Um, this yeah, part of the reason that I have this podcast is that I want to, like I said at the start, I want to be able to um, spend time talking to cool people and you certainly fit that bill. And it's also <laughs> about... Um, it's also for me it's about you know this whole spud fit challenge that i did last year where i ate only potatoes it, i'm sure everyone had listened to <laughs> i don't ever explain that for, to people that are listening um but anyway it was at the heart of it it was about trying to become a better person and trying to you know find a way to become the person that i, I thought i should become so uh you know that's losing weight and trying to get healthier is only a small part of that and you know I'll, my having this podcast is a good chance for me to speak to more people that can help me to continue to improve mm. as a person. And so, yes, awesome. thank you for coming along and helping me to improve myself. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. And uh, before we, before we wrap it up, where can people find you if they want to? Yep. So I'm just at anachism.com. Yep. Um, that's the best place. I'm on Facebook as yep. Anarchism, that's All me. Right. My I'll business. put links on the website. Cool. And uh, and people can find you. Awesome. All right. Oh, and Big Impact Podcast, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Go Andrew. Go and listen to the SpudFit episode first. Yes, do it. <laughs> All right. All cool. right. Thanks, Anna. No worries. Spud up everyone. What did you think? Isn't she lovely? I could talk to Anna all day long. Uh, she's just a, a lovely, kind hearted soul. And uh, and I really enjoyed it. So thanks for coming on, Anna. If you uh, want to find out more about Anna, then go to her website, look up anachism.com.au, I think it is. I'll put, the, I'll put it in the show notes anyway. Uh, so go to the show notes, hook up with Anna, uh, give her some social media love. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook. And I think she's on Twitter too. But anyway, that'll all be in the show notes. So go and check that out. And if you like what I'm doing, then please share this podcast with your friends. Take a selfie, put it on Instagram of you uh, listening to this uh, go and just get the word out help me out that'd be great uh, you can if you want to find out more about what I'm doing then www.spudfit.com is the place you can find out information there about how to take your own spudfit challenge you can join my online uh, group for support and uh, and encouragement in ta in doing your own Spud Fit Challenge. You can also get books. You get the, the Do-It-Yourself Spud Fit Challenge book, which is uh, all about how to obviously do your own Spud Fit Challenge. The first half of it is written by me. You can get all sorts of uh, help on the practicalities of doing it as well as the mindset and food psychology sort of tips and how to deal with cravings and things like that. And then there's also some... 12 or 13 recipes made by my amazing wife mandy so go to the website to get that or get t-shirts or a number of other things that i don't want to bore you with right now also thanks to mandy for making the theme music i forgot to thank mandy in the last episode but i'll thanks again mandy i love it <laughs> all right i hope you enjoyed the episode come back next week uh, it's going to be a special episode with Adam Guthrie. I really enjoyed the conversation and I think you will too. Spud up, everyone. Oh,